Okay, well, thank you for, uh, for having me here today. I'm, I'm quite honored to be invited to uh, present here. Um, hopefully, I, I mean, I'm presenting on one of the more favorite topics of uh, ship owners and ship charters, so um, I think it should be somewhat interesting. Again, my name is Commander Nathan Menefee. Uh, I am at the U.S. Coast Guard Headquarters in the Inspections and Compliance uh, Directorate. Uh, I work under uh, Captain Jennifer Williams, who is the director, and her boss is uh, Admiral uh, John Netto, who some of you may have met before in some other events. So my goal here today is to really just try to give you uh, a status, a snapshot of where we're at today and, and some best practices uh, that we're seeing out in the industry and to not f uh, focus too much on the past and how we got here. So um, with that, I will try to advance the slide here. Is this the, the clicker? There we go. Okay, so uh, currently today we have 10 uh, Coast Guard type approved systems. Uh, as you can see up on the screen, uh, they represent a number of different manufacturers from a number of different countries. Uh, we also uh, are seeing a number of different independent laboratories being involved with the type approval process. And of course, uh, different um, treatment types uh, to address different needs and of course different capacities to address different needs aboard ships. We have 18 systems at, under review presently, uh, so those are in various stages nearing type approval process, and then over 50 uh, letters of intent from manufacturers who have essentially uh, stated their intent to submit an uh, application for a type approved system to the Coast Guard uh, in the very near future. Um, so that, that's, that's kind of uh, where we're at today. And of course, this number of approved systems is why the U.S. has shifted uh, towards a compliance um, stature or a compliance um, posture uh, rather than an educational posture. So we are now fully enforcing uh, our regulations uh, primarily because of the number of type approved systems that are, are here today. This uh, is to give you a snapshot of where we are at with uh, extensions, compliance extensions. Um, so before we had 10 type approved systems, uh, back when we had zero or, or just three, uh, we did grant uh, a number of extensions to operators um, until systems could be brought uh, into approval uh, that would fit their specific needs. Uh, so you can see 2016, almost 8,000, uh, systems are 8,000 extensions granted uh, and then that number has gone down quite significantly now in 2018 and in fact that red uh, that you see there is the number of denials uh, that we are giving towards extension requests um, so you can see that that's changing uh, to get an extension uh, now uh, you would have to be providing some very specific reasons why uh, one of the, the specific type approved systems uh, does not fit your need and why you cannot install one uh, within a reasonable amount of time. So uh, that, that gives you a snapshot of, of how we are doing with extensions. <coughs> this slide uh, really tells the story of what is coming in the future. Um, and I, the, what I wanted to uh, express upon on the attendees here is just the number of vessels that are going to have to 
uh, actually install a Coast Guard type of roof system in the coming years at the end of their extension uh, timeframe. And as you can see in, in uh, 2021 and 22 and into 23, there is a, a large number of vessels that are going to be needing to uh, get that system installed. That, that raises some important questions, uh, dry dock capacities uh, around the world to be able to handle uh, these different installations, manufacturer uh, capacities uh, to be able to install uh, these systems uh, in that time frame. Um, those could all pose challenges, um, and particularly uh, it could pose great challenges to, to operators and owners who have not uh, made a, a plan of how they're gonna comply uh, at the end of their extension, or if they have not even addressed compliance uh, with Coast Guard regulations to date, if they, if they do intend to travel and trade in the, in the United States. So uh, this, this is important because uh, it does highlight a, a, a potential looming issue. It's not to say that there will be an issue, but it, it just gives you a, an awareness of what might be uh, lying ahead. And of course, this doesn't account for all of the um, operators that are installing IMO uh, uh, systems. So that's, that would be a separate amount. And of course, 2024 uh, would be the drop dead date uh, for those installations. Deficiency trends. Uh, this uh, chart gives you a little bit of a snapshot of what we're seeing in deficiencies with, US, or with foreign vessels coming to the United States. Uh, by and large, the largest deficiencies relate to logs and records. Uh, with a number of other uh, areas that, that are also somewhat concerning. Uh, logs and records is troubling because that is a uh, primary initial checkpoint for ballast water compliance, uh, where we check logs and records. Uh, errors or issues with the logs and records could result in an expanded exam uh, for the vessel, ultimately a port state control detention if it's warranted, and other uh, investigations. So deficiencies in that area have kind of a open the ship up to a lot of uh, liabilities, potentially delays uh, and other issues. So uh, we would like to see those, those numbers come down, uh, hopefully in the future. Operational limitations, of course, uh, everyone is, most everyone is familiar with the number of complaints uh, that exist with ballast water treatment systems. Uh, they do come with uh, problems, that, that is for sure. Um, common problems, salinity issues, uh, turbidity, temperature uh, issues, particulate issues, and of course operator error and, and lack of maintenance. Uh, with the key uh, point being here, there just is no single system that we've, uh, that we've seen in, in experience that addresses all of these issues, is plug and play, and will just work at the flip of a switch. Uh, we, we just do not see that existing. And in fact, it takes a lot more work to keep these systems uh, operating properly. Some of the keys we've seen to successful operations, one, match the system to your specific vessel operation. Uh, we've, we've seen several operators that are getting systems installed at dry docks uh, with new builds in particular, and they are actually not having a say in the type of system that's being installed aboard their vessel. Um, that, that leads to potential horrible issues uh, and we, we strongly recommend vessel owners uh, work their contracts uh, not to get themselves in that situation otherwise you may 
have to change your system to actually uh, work for your operation. Uh, run your systems regularly. Many times uh, when people are complaining about uh, these treatment systems uh, not working, malfunctioning, the next question we, we, we ask is, well, can we see your operational records for the, the system? And what we often find is the systems just haven't been run uh, for months. Uh, if they're not trading in the U.S., uh, crews are just leaving them off, and that results in maintenance issues uh, and also uh, competence. If the crews aren't running them, they are likely are not very competent in, uh, in running them. Uh, have a contingency plan for repairs and system malfunctions. Uh, you're more likely to have a successful um, uh, uh, port stay uh, when you do have issues that come up if you have a contingency plan. The captain of the port uh, will have to take a look at what you're proposing and will ultimately approve uh, whatever it is uh, that you may need to address those issues. But uh, the most successful situations are, are where we see operators coming to us proactively with contingency plans. Uh, train the crew on ballast water treatment systems. Uh, that, of course, is kind of a given, but we do see that out there where crews just do not have the competence to, um, to operate these systems. And communicate issues early to the, to the U.S. captain of the port. So whatever port you're transiting to, if you determine that your system is inoperable, you do need to get that, uh, that notification to the U.S. that captain of the port uh, very early in the stage, start that communication uh, so that you can determine what it is you need to do while you're still out at sea uh, that might actually help you in your, um, your cargo operations once you get to port. Uh, incentives. Uh, this is something that, that we've heard uh, throughout the industry quite a bit is that there's a lot of uh, drive to, to uh, place regulations on board vessels uh, to, to uh, um, burden um, the industry. However, you know, the Coast Guard recognized it is challenging to, uh, to manage all of these regulations. Uh, and uh, this is just to give uh, kind of a plug for some of the, the incentives that the Coast Guard does offer to vessel operators. Uh, you may be familiar with the Qualship 21 program. Uh, that's a program that rewards uh, vessel operators and flags that uh, have a, a low amount of deficiencies and detentions. Uh, they, it comes with certain benefits uh, that often have some financial incentives operationally uh, for the vessels coming to the U.S. Uh, this past year, uh, 2017, we did add the E0 uh, program to the Qualship 21 program, and that is a uh, incentive specifically focused on environmental compliance. Uh, so when we see, we have operators that are, are uh, do not have environmental deficiencies um, and flags that, that also have the same um, records, they can apply to, to be designated an E0 uh, vessel. And that, it comes with some of these incentives up here. They're, I'm not going to say this is the most perfect or the most rewarding program out there, but it is something to, um, to incentivize compliance. Um, and so you see tank vessels in particular have a kind of a, uh, a pretty significant benefit with extending their annual uh, uh, due date around their, their certificate of compliance uh, results, results in a little less uh, issues uh, as they, they come to and from the U.S. And, of course, passenger vessels as well have, have another uh, benefit as well. 
Um, so I know we're going to have a panel uh, immediately following this, so there may be some other uh, issues that we'll bring up. Uh, it, there's a couple of websites if you are interested in um, these programs, the E0 program or uh, Coast Guard ballast water management uh, regulations and policies. Uh, we do have that uh, available on the internet. And of course my email, um, if anybody wishes to contact me or uh, ask any questions, I'll also be available uh, throughout the day. So feel free to uh, ask me if you have any, any questions. Um, and that's it, that's all I have.